Welcome to Chip Chat Conversations in the Cloud, a weekly podcast with IT leaders who are driving the future of a software-defined infrastructure-based data center. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be in the world. My name is Jake Smith from Intel, and thank you for joining us for Chip Chat Conversations in the Cloud. I'm joined today by Gu Rao, co-founder and CTO of Portworks. A welcome, Gu. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So, Gu, our listeners would really like to know more about Portworks. So, can you tell us a little bit about the company's history? How did you come to create Portworks? When we first started this project a couple of years ago, there were a couple of industry trends that we noticed, both on the hardware side and on the application deployment or DevOps-driven way of managing your application infrastructure side. There's been ongoing a desire for enterprises to either move to cloud or if they're running their own data centers to embrace commodity infrastructure. It's easy to go get a server with a lot of CPU cores and a lot of onboard storage, getting 15, 20 terabytes of high capacity SSD storage in your server is very easy now. So you don't have to go to an external storage system like a SAN or a NAS to get that kind of capacity. Similarly, on the software side, we no longer write monolithic applications that are packaged as just one machine. Our software these days is typically service-oriented. Microservices, typically, they are packaged instead of as a virtual machine as Linux containers and deployed via cloud-native container orchestrators such as Kubernetes or Mesosphere. So we wanted to build software-based storage infrastructure that marries these two phenomena that we saw going on. So both on the DevOps side and on how you manage your hardware infrastructure side. And that really was the genesis for what we wanted to do with the Portwork software. So let's talk about cloud-native storage. What does that mean? When you talk about storage, which is typically stateful, it's obviously got gravity, immutable largely. At the first brush, it kind of sounds like, well, that doesn't even make sense. Cloud-native storage probably doesn't belong in one term. But if you double-click on it, what we're really trying to say is that it's a new storage stack that has a few properties that it allows your applications to consume state in a cloud-native way, that your applications that depend on state are not really anchored down to any one particular type of implementation. See, if you look at an ephemeral application that really has no state, it's easy for it to be portable. But when you look at stateful applications, like what people want to deploy, like Cassandra, Kafka, Redis, how do you enable those applications to enjoy the same functionality and liberty and freedom that ephemeral applications get? That is the problem that a cloud-native storage solution would want to solve. And I kind of think of it in like two buckets. There's a cloud-native way of consuming storage. So how do I allocate a volume? How do I protect the volume? How do I encrypt the volume? So all of those things need to be driven programmatically via the container orchestrator and give the application owner, the DevOps teams, the control to allocate storage as opposed to what a cloud unnative way would be out-of-band IT-based provisioning, where I have to open a ticket, somebody has to provision the storage, then I have to deploy my application. You're really talking about flexibility and control. You're giving the flexibility to the user, and you're really actually reasserting control back to the IT department in many ways. Absolutely. So can you talk a little bit about how enterprise IT teams that adopt Portworks can take advantage of Docker or Kubernetes I just truly don't believe that enough of our listeners have had an opportunity to absorb the impact of 
data without borders. It's been so amazing to see the uptake in Kubernetes specifically as a container orchestrator to provide the end users with that cloud-native way of consuming compute. The question you asked is, how do people use Portworks in conjunction with it? What Kubernetes is, is it controls the end user's experience, the DevOps experience. It's a very disruptive technology, right? It's completely rewriting or facilitating a new modern DevOps way of how you do application lifecycle management from deploying it to scaling it to like blue-green deployments where you can have multiple clusters running your applications, move applications between clusters. So Kubernetes is sort of really defining that application lifecycle management, so to speak. Where Portworx comes in is we want to complement that experience by saying, if you've used the Kubernetes user experience to deploy your applications, just use the same interfaces to create a volume. So for example, if I want to deploy MySQL in Kubernetes, there is a notion of a storage class and a persistent volume claim. And these are two specific concepts of Kubernetes. And the end user would just say, I want to deploy MySQL and make it five terabytes. I want it to be encrypted. I want it to be available in as many zones as possible. And he would do this just programmatically through Kubernetes and deploy it. And Portworks, being cloud-native and actually, in this case, Kubernetes-native, would understand the intent and dynamically create the volumes, regardless of where the infrastructure is running. So then this part is key. When we're running in Amazon, we understand that we're sitting on top of EBS volumes, and so we're able to allocate the blocks off of those volumes. We're running in an on-prem data center. Let's say somebody has uh, servers with direct attached drives. Well, we're basically a new generation software-defined storage solution, right? So we can allocate storage off of that and provide a virtual volume again to the same MySQL application. So for us, there's two people we care about, the cloud platform operators and the end user. It's as easy as just installing Portworx in Kubernetes and it automatically scans the data center, figures out all the drives, figures out the topology map, failure domains, and it's ready to go in a matter of minutes. When you can make provisioning go from months to minutes, you transform the user experience. So tell our listeners about the Intel Portworx relationship. I think you guys have a leadership position in many ways. I'd like our listeners to understand why and the work that you've done to integrate optimizations in the Portworx PX Enterprise solution. It's been great working with Intel teams. It's amazing the type of innovations Intel is making in many areas, but I think the listeners should really understand how much innovation Intel has made actually in storage with uh, advanced flash technology. The interesting thing here is with Intel adding so much onboard capacity, it sort of matches modern applications. Um, Let's double-click on that. Like I mentioned, applications are not monolithic anymore. They like to scale out. So let's take one use case, like Cassandra. When somebody says, I have a 200-terabyte Cassandra cluster, and I'm just making a number up, it's not like they have one huge Cassandra instance with 200 terabytes. It's typically a Cassandra cluster, so multiple Cassandra instances with maybe 10 terabytes or 5 to 10 terabytes each. Why I say this is this directly maps to Intel's server architectures, where each server has 20 terabytes of storage, 30 terabytes of storage, for example, SSDs, flash, multiple tiers. And so we've been able to work with Intel to map how these applications like Cassandra that like to scale out that way can sit and consume storage that's local to it. And that notion is important, where now each Cassandra instance is running on the server where all of its blocks are on the same machine, 
and it's all direct attached access, so the latency is low, and this is how these applications like to scale. Contrast this without having to have intelligent software like Portworx um, or even just Kubernetes. People have had to deploy those type of applications in silos, manage them as special applications, and there's an admin associated with it. And that's not really agile. People want to just say, here, I have a couple of servers, go deploy Portworx, go deploy Kubernetes, and I can now run any stateful application. Well, you know, it's easy to build great technologies when we have partners like Portworx. Uh, you can understand, and you're committed to building towards what I like to call a latency-free future. Talk a little bit about how our listeners can find out more about Portworx. If you go to portworx.com, that would be the starting point to learn more about Portworx. It's P-O-R-T-W-O-R-X.com. You could also go to our doc site, D-O-C-S portworks.com where there's a lot of great documentation on how to deploy these stateful applications with Kubernetes or Mesosphere or Docker, Docker Swarm. And we have a lot of use cases, how-to guides oriented towards streamlining and sort of even teaching a modern way of deploying and managing your stateful applications with modern infrastructure and multiple public clouds. The other thing that I would mention is we have an architect's corner where customers write about their experience, not just about Portworks, but just with this new way of doing things and the benefits that they've obtained. Well, thank you, Gu. Wow, it's so exciting. For our listeners, my name is Jake Smith. It's been an honor to have Gu Rao here, co-founder and CTO of Portworks. That's Portworks, P-O-R-T-W-R-X. This has been Conversations in the Cloud. Wherever you may have listened to this episode, we wish you a good morning, good afternoon, and good evening.